1: Well, welcome to another installment of Psychology Has It Backwards uh, with Judy Sedgman, that's me, and Christine Heath, my very good friend who will be speaking soon. That's me. Uh, oh, there she is. And so <laughs> today we thought we better tell you why we changed and what it was that's behind all this, or at least get started giving you some understanding of the fact that there really is something behind. Uh, this change that we're talking about in the direction of psychology. And to put it really simply, because we can talk about it at great length and in great depth, but to just as a starter, what I would say is what, I've, what I discovered first when I was learning this is that I had always believed all the magazines I read in the dentist's office and in the doctor's office, they would have these little tests that would say, "Did these things happen to you?" And you check them off. And then if six of them happened, you were depressed, you know. And if four of them happened, you were probably stressed or anxious. And it would, you know, sort of rate you based on the incidents in your life. And so, it kind of from that, and the fact that I didn't know anything at all about psychology anyway, I, I kind of made up in my mind that, well, of course. You know, I can't sleep nights. Of course, I turn into a bitch sometimes and yell at my staff. Of course, I'm upset and cry when people yell at me because look at what's happening to me. And I would just look around at my life. And even though I had a a nice life in terms of, you know, materially, I I would look around at my life and I would see all these negative events and and just sort of make up the magazine list in my mind and go, (laughs) well, what else would I expect? And I honestly believed that, um, you know, you should be happy when you're young and a kid. And then as you grow older, life starts to happen to you. And if you plan to be successful, you will be dealing with a lot of challenges and you will naturally feel stressed and anxious and tired and overwhelmed and overwrought because everybody else I knew that was in business felt that way. So I had a lot of evidence. And um the first person I met that was involved in this work had a, a serious uh, financial problems and other problems that if i if I had those same problems, i would have uh, even though i they're always temporary, and I knew that if I had those problems, I would have been a total stress case, but he wasn't. He was like, oh, yeah, this will get resolved. Everything will be fine. And and, it, and he acted like it was no big deal. Nothing whatsoever to do with his level of happiness or involvement in people or, you know, enjoyment of his work. And I couldn't grasp that. I had never met anybody with that outlook before in business. And that was primarily the people I knew. And I was like, okay, he's on some kind of drug. I really thought that. And, um, and when I realized that, no, he wasn't on some kind of drug, he just had, he knew something that I didn't know about where all this was coming from, that it was coming from within me, not from the events of my life. It was coming from the way I was using my power to think, to interpret the events of my life. It was like a miracle when I saw that for myself. Mm -hmm. Oh, i don't know I don't know what it was for you, Chris, but that's the beginning. It's just to see that, oh my gosh, I'm making this up.
0: right, that's interesting because that's exactly the same thing that happened to me. I was listening to uh, Roger Mills, you know, talk about this new work that in psychology, and of course, you know he was a male psychologist, so he really didn't have anything in my mind that i had to, that there was to listen to and mm-hmm. And then I all of a sudden, when I really like listened. I saw that I had been looking at life through my own thinking. And it was kind of like, you know, when, when your life flashes before your eyes, before you're like having a life-threatening experience. Well, all of a sudden, everything that I had thought wrong about, I saw. I was like, oh, oh, that's me. Oh, that was me. Oh, that was me. And I started to <laughs> laugh about it. I thought it was hilarious because I spent about $25,000 and seven years in therapy analyzing what I made up. Now, that to me was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that. Yeah, and, and seeing, like that's what it is, isn't it? It's like that you just see that you're thinking and that everything you're thinking is not necessarily true or accurate, that we just get tricked by our own thinking and it kind of distorts how we see our life, but we don't know it. And so it looks like it's life making us think that way.
1: Yeah, and that's what we mean by inside out. In a sense, we're turning psychology inside out because uh, instead of feeling, oh, poor me, until I solve this problem and that problem, or unless I move to another city or get divorced, or, you know, or lose 30 pounds or whatever it might be that somebody thinks is creating their distress or their unhappiness, or there's stress, or whatever, um, I suddenly realized, you know, that no, it's when I change my mind about how I look at life, and I start to look through different eyes, so to speak, you know, through the eyes, through clarity, through the realization that I've got the power to change my life, and it's not because I have to change my circumstances, Mm -hmm. because I can change the way I think about it, and when, and it's not the same as positive thinking, which a lot of people will say well isn't that just positive thinking because no to me when people are doing positive thinking they're really they're victims of circumstances but they're going to make lemonade out of lemons mm-hmm. you know in other words they just think well it it sucks but i can think about it nicer mm-hmm. and that's not what we're saying and i think that's an important point you know it's it is life is it is what it is and my experience of it is going to depend on how I think about relating to it, how I think about handling it, what I, whether I have new ideas or I get stuck in fear and anxiety, whether I believe that I have the ability to see my way through something or whether I believe that I'm screwed. You know? mm-hmm. And uh, that, that's not positive thinking. That's just having faith in the wisdom that we all have within us.
0: Actually, I think positive thinking actually gets people into lots of trouble. Uh, yeah. Because, you know, like when I work with addicts, let me tell you, they're the biggest positive thinkers of the world. They'll say things like, "Oh, I can quit anytime. It's not really a problem. I can manage it." Like that's all just positive thinking, right? And right. P- people call it denial, and they call it all kinds. Of, they give it lots of motive. You know, like yeah. people think that way, but really, it's just. It's like they're trying to make the most of what's going on. And one of the ways they do that is to try to think about it. So they think about it positively and Mm -hmm. then they don't change. Right. So (laughs) positive thinking, I mean, to me, it's like double thinking because first you have to be in an insecure, negative place and then you got to have a positive thought about it. So you end up like double thinking. So lots of people that are really kind of what, what I would call hyper happy So they're really Mm -hmm. positive, but they got to work at it. And they're thinking, their feeling isn't very, very good. You know, it's like that. In fact, sometimes clients will say that to me, like, well, you mean you want me to be like happy all the time? And I said, well, (laughs) you mean like that kind of hyper happy? And they go, yeah. I said, no, that's not it. That's trying to make yourself happy. But if you see that you are that way, like you are healthy, and then you think, then you can get back to that.
1: Yeah, and that's, that's such a relief. It takes all the pressure off, mm-hmm. you know, because when I was trying to manage my thinking, like in business, and I, I had certain clients that when they call, as soon as I knew that they were the ones on the phone, I would freeze up, you know, and it would be all I could do to politely say hello, <laughs> because I knew they were going to yell I and mean, they were just people like that, you know, that you knew they, they only called when they were really riled up and they were going to give you a really hard time. And, um, and I, and so by the time they started talking, I was already a wreck. I mean, they hadn't said anything yet. If they, if they had not yelled and said, I'm just calling because I realized it was your birthday and I wanted to wish you a happy birthday, I probably would have fallen off the chair, you know, (laughs) because I wasn't prepared for that. In my own mind, I was always sort of setting myself up for the bad thing that was going to come. And, um when I started to realize that in the moment you just see what's there and um, and understand it, understand that everybody's speaking their own thinking, Mm -hmm. you know, and I suddenly developed compassion for angry people. I realized that, yeah, I've been angry. I know what that feels like when you blurt out something and then you think, Oh my God, I can't believe I just said that. And, you know, and that when you're really frustrated that you, you, do things that you wouldn't do otherwise. And so when my I, I saw innocence in my clients instead of their mean, meanness.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, as a result of that, instead of being reactive and defensive, the minute they called, I would listen. Mm-hmm. And I would look to see whether I could understand what was behind their upset. And if there was a point that I could grasp, I would talk about it. Mm-hmm. Or if there wasn't, I'd say, can I call you back later? Mm-hmm. Hoping that they would calm down and maybe I'd be able to, grasp what they were after. And I was so different because they felt different in, you know, that feeling that you exchange with people. So I realized once I started realizing in myself what was going on behind people's thinking, it made me a better listener and a more compassionate conversationalist. And it brought out better qualities even in my angry clients. Mm-hmm
0: yeah that's a really different way of looking at it, right? because psychology tends to look at fixing what's wrong with people right and and so the then the like at least for me anyway the the focus that I had was trying to get them to manage their anger or to do techniques so that they when they got angry they wouldn't like you know hurt their loved ones and um and I was always trying to like get them to think about their anger, think about their Fear. Think about you know, like I, I, for myself, I had a rubber band, you know, and I'd get anxious. I'd snap the rubber band, and then my my oh, yeah. my wrist would have welts on it because I'd be snapping the rubber band so much because I was trying to manage all that, right? And yeah. and and that's what what you're kind of taught in in psychology mm-hmm. is that people manifest symptoms, right? And the uh-huh. symptoms are what the field kind of is. Focusing on trying to get rid of. And that's just that logic, you know, like we're taught to problem solve. So if this is a problem, then we should focus on fixing that problem. Unfortunately, mental health has nothing to do with your intellect. So you can't figure out how to be mentally healthy. It's not possible. Mental health yeah. is built in. It's a state of being, right? So it's um, it's just seeing that, for me anyway, when I saw that it was my thinking that was creating my problems, my anxiety, my anger, my and I had lots of that too. Uh, my, dep- you yeah. know, I was depressed a lot. I was very, I was depressed yeah. till I was thirty, and and when I saw that, that was just me thinking. I was free of it. Yeah, free of that. So I realized that I have been taking my clients down the road the wrong direction. It was the right yeah. road. We wanted to get healthy. We knew that health was possible in people. And I think that's kind of the, 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 some of the fact of the fact that we're innately healthy is that we even have a field of psychology. We even have a, have a field of counseling because we right. know people can get better. Unfortunately, we don't teach them how to get better. We teach them right. why they're not better,
1: right? Right. That's right. And, you know, I have to i tell you a funny story to illustrate that is that so I had a client who um, was a, was applying for disability, and in, 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 in our state, at least, it, you can apply, and it sometimes it's six months before you can get through all the paperwork and the red tape and get to your disability. And she was uh, had, you know, has, was traumatized, and she was very couldn't froze, and she just couldn't work. <clears throat> so she was applying for disability. So six months later, and I had seen her a couple of months during that six-month period, she calls me up and she says, well, I finally got to see the psychiatrist to evaluate me for my disability. And I, the psychiatrist read my paperwork and said, well, obviously you're depressed and you've got PTSD. So he wrote her two prescriptions. Uh, and she said, I don't want to take this shit. I feel fine. <laughs> and I said, well, you can make your choice and you either have to go back to work. Or, or pretend you're disabled. You can do either one, you know. And she said, she laughed. She knew that was, you know, I was being funny, but I don't ever encourage people to cheat the disability system. But who wants to be disabled? We know you're fine. But right. at the time she applied, she was not fine. She, if they would have seen her that week and given her the medicine, it might have helped her. Uh-huh. But you know, she didn't need it now. And she said, I just feel like it's going to make me sick because I feel fine. Right, true. <laughs>
0: Well, that's, you know, that's what my clients when I when I switched from traditional psychology to working from this understanding of innate mental health and and yeah. how these principles create our experience. I mean, my clients had been, I mean, they were with me for a long time, some of them years. And within like a week, they were yeah. different people. We were all different people. You know, yeah. it's like, "Oh my gosh, but we were still ourselves, right?" Yeah. It's just yeah. all of that exterior, insecure, negative stuff just dropped away yeah. and we were our true self. So, when I came in and I started talking about how we weren't going to go in the past anymore, they were like so happy. They're like, yes, we don't have to talk about <laughs> our past anymore. Yeah. And they're like, how could we had to do that anyway? I said, well, that's kind of the field things that we, we process it enough that you'll be able to let go of it and you'll feel better. and." that you'll, but they said, but it doesn't work. It just makes you feel worse. I said, oh, I know, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry, but I couldn't see it (laughs) before and nobody else sees it either. So this is the best right now, but let's go in this direction. It feels better. And they go, yeah, we're following you because I was happy. You know, I was in a good place now. They're like, yeah, I want more of that.
1: Yeah. So now that we've kind of given you a taste of where we're going with this, Uh, Do you think you might want more of that? Because we've got a lot more to talk about and we're going to do these podcasts every week. So if you'd like to learn more about Psychology Has It Backwards, Chris and Judy will be back next week. We hope you heard something new and that you will continue to join us to challenge
0: the prevailing thinking about the possibilities for health in everyone. To subscribe to the podcast, visit our website at psychologyhasitbackwards.com